Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Higher Fire Inspire. As you all know, this is Lizanne D'Souza. I'm here, the founder at Lizanne Careers. We're a recruitment agency and HR consultancy based out in Mumbai, helping brands all over the country now actually build, grow their teams from scratch. And uh, as you know, the podcast focuses on different aspects when it comes to HR-related topics, whether it's hiring, firing, or inspiring. And um, today's topic is something that I've been hearing about for such a long time. The last couple of months, even in my last podcast, we had someone from Hindustan Unilever who actually touched upon this. Um, it's the great resignation that's happening not only in India, but all over the world. The term came about a few months ago, uh, started off in the States where they noticed at least more than 50% of the population were considering leaving their current jobs and some of them even did. Um, the reasons why you know a lot of people left jobs range from um, whether they were not happy with their jobs, they were not happy with the pay, but it all came down to one very important thing, and that was work-life balance, right? A lot of people blamed the pandemic and the you know post-pandemic flexibility that people weren't getting, but if you look at it on a whole, I think it's the work-life balance situation um, that has now become the highlight of people's lives in the last two years. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about at this podcast today. Today, I also have a very, very special guest. Uh, his name is Arjun Vedya. He also just told me that he does have his own podcast, which weirdly I didn't know about. So I'm going to check that out today. And guys, please go check it out. Um, so I'm going to let Arjun introduce himself as uh, he was the person that founded Dr. Vedya's, which is one of the brands that Lisbon Careers as well has worked with a while ago. And now um, they've taken a tour and, you know, it's a VC funded brand. Now I'd love for Arjun to shed some light upon his journey and just what he's done with the brand and where he's at right now. So hi, Arjun. Thank you so much. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, yeah. So thank, you so much for, thank you so much for having me um, on the podcast. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a quick intro of myself and, and obviously a topic I'm really passionate about as well. So look, I'm Bombay born and raised, um, went to school in Bombay and then um, went to college in the US, came back to India in 2013 um, and started a career in private equity. Um, so I worked at a private equity fund called L Capital. That was my first job out of college, um, focusing on the consumer sector um, and uh, spent three years there. And then Quit my job in 2016 to take on my family legacy of Ayurveda. So my last name means Ayurvedic doctor. I come from a legacy of 150 years of Ayurveda in my family. Um, but the legacy of our business at Dr. Vedas was not a business. It was an Ayurvedic clinic, which yeah. my grandfather and great-grandfather ran. Um, and and I, I was cured of asthma by my grandfather growing up. Uh, and in my experiences in the US, actually, I saw yoga completely repackaged. Yeah. With yoga mats, yoga gyms, yoga apparel, Lululemon. And so I thought like... Ayurveda has to go to the world, but Indian companies have to take Ayurveda to the world. And yeah. so with my job in uh, mid-2016 to start this brand uh, after my dada passed um, called Dr. Vedyas, the idea was to make Ayurvedic products appealing accessible to modern consumers like you, right? Yeah. There was yeah. a lot of demand for Ayurveda, but a disconnect between Ayurveda and you. And that was the idea. So we launched this brand in October 2016, started offline, failed miserably, um, and then pivoted to online in 2017. Um, mm. Online brands were just starting to be built in this country. Yeah. Um, and over the next uh, three and a half years, 
built octavius to india's largest ayurveda brand online and that's me. commendable you know i was just going to say i didn't know that it was only in 2017 in fact i read about it much later when we started working i always thought dr vedas has been there for a longer time because i've seen the range of products and you're absolutely right like packaging ayurveda for like everyday people like me you know who's like don't know where to start or don't know what to do and then, and then i think dr vedas was um sort of uh, a forefronter right in that whole industry after that we had so many brands that came up and uh, you know ayurvedic medication became the norm then in terms of your and then covid happened right and, and yeah. i think with covid uh, we we were lucky to already be market leaders and then yeah. sort of cemented our position and then december 2020 uh, our investors made an offer to buy the business we thought it was fair value um, and so when she sold the business in march of 21 march last year to yeah. rb sanjeevanta group um, and yes yeah, since then been pretty active on the ecosystem side so uh, made about 60 angel investments in the last 14 15 months uh, i have a podcast on d2c i also teach yeah. a course a cohort based course on d2c and um since late last year actually um running the vcm of world invest in india world invest is a large consumer sector focused private equity fund um invested in some of india's most iconic brands including sula viva epigamia purple wakefit by yeah. news yeah yeah um, and, and i uh, now set up and run their early stage investment arm in india so yeah that's a little yeah. bit about my my journey been there done that so who else to get it from that's really awesome but today um arjun we're going to jump into something that you said that you were passionate about right and we want to talk about workplace culture we want to talk about work life balance the last few months i've just been hearing such horrid stories uh, from people and you know being in the recruitment side of things i hear stories from both ends right i hear i hear both the sides with their complaints and both the, you know both parties have valid points to put out like from a candidate's perspective and an employer's perspective because at the end of the day you start a business to make money right and that is um, you know one of the one of the main reasons someone actually gets into a business you have an idea you want to monetize it you just want to do it better than everyone else so i do understand where employers are coming from when they have certain wants from employees um but you know then we have employees on the other end now that have all these wants that they have and requirements and you know it's all fair game but i want to start off this podcast today talking about the great resignation and just to give some people some stats from what i've been reading it looks like more than half the population in the states were thinking about leaving their jobs during the pandemic obviously india has been affected a little differently because we definitely have a, so, a lack of social security right in terms of like government funding that we get as individuals in terms of healthcare in terms of other benefits so people are a little bit more they take a step back or they hold on a little longer to their jobs and they don't make decisions so quickly about leaving their jobs but i think through the pandemic and after the pandemic there's just been a want for like a different ecosystem when it comes to workplace flexibility in terms of you know work from home you know choosing the hours that you want choosing to work four hour weeks choosing whenever you know where you can work from um but also other benefits like medical benefits now or the kind of work environment that you have is there enough space is everyone cramped into like a small little space you know um those kind of things have also come into play it looks like there's that the attrition rate in the tech industry right now is over 23% that's what that's the number that i've been hearing everywhere and it all is coming down to this one great word people have been throwing around called the great resignation so my first question to you is that 
you know, what, what is your view on the great resignation in India? I mean, there are stats to prove that it is happening. It is facts. But I just wanted to know what is your take on it? It is something that you've heard about, something that you've come across with since you work with so many D2C brands, you talk to so many founders. What are your views on it? Look, I think uh, I'll say one thing. Uh, so after we sold the business, uh, my wife and I said, look, we're going to go out and solve problems for founders. So we'll mentor, advise, invest, help founders, right? Yeah. Um, and the one thing that like most founders ask us is, uh, and we can't solve, right? If you ask us, okay, who's a good SEO agency? Yeah. Who's a good performance marketing agency? How do I solve for this specific problem with my Amazon ads? We have answers, right? But yeah. the one thing we don't have answers for is, yeah, I just need like good folks on my team and all. Honestly, I don't have the answer to that question, right? So I would say the, the great resignation aside, I think it's a problem that that founders are facing across the board, at least in our industry, um, yeah. to put the right team together. Um, and I think biggest mistake I made building my business was, I was really young when I started. I was 24 and a half years old, so I um, mm. thought I could do everything myself. And I didn't build a strong core team early on. And it took me some time to find these people and eventually understand the importance and Eventually, that's what compounded our growth at Dr. Williams. Um, on the on the great resignation side, look, um, honestly, not a founder um, any longer. So yeah. um, can't from the experience of running a business um, until right. last year. Yeah. But I would say that lots changed yeah. in the pandemic, right? Like work from home was something we never ever thought of. Especially right? in a country like India, right? Like what? You want to work from home? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? How lazy are you? <laughs> absolutely alien and then it started happening and i was so scared yeah like we should even when the pandemic hit i was like what can i do to bring my team back to office yeah. ASAP, right? that's crazy yeah yeah eventually like we were six months out of the office i mean i was going still every day because we had to keep the warehouse running yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but most of the team was not and and and, and it seemed to work okay right yeah. so um, i think after the pandemic Work-life balance, work from anywhere, workations, all yeah. of these things have come up. And, and so I think it's, it's new. Mm. Um, and, and so obviously companies are also finding ways to sort of manage this new way of thinking, right? From no work outside office to, hey, we don't, we're remote completely and we'll meet once a week and we'll do offsites and stuff, right? Um, so I think it's 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 something that that obviously is new, and and so yeah. companies struggling with it, trying to figure out how to do things. But my philosophy on this is actually um, that you got to keep it really simple, right? Um, and and it's not technical. Yeah. Um, you can throw as many numbers as you want to it, but you'll always find yeah. anomalies because um, all of this comes from this word we love to talk about called culture. Yeah. Um, and we think about culture now that I've seen hundreds of orgs, spoken to so many founders, etc. Um, it's something that inherently is built up in an organization by the founders of the founding team. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and something actually that that is non-tangible. Yeah. But really important. I'll tell you honestly from our experience at Dr. Vegas, our culture started coming out when we had a larger team, more than 30 people, yes. etc. You, you can do people. something then about it. You can sort of create that intangible sort of feeling by doing like, yeah, events or anything. We weren't the most funded startup in India. Yeah. We could not 
pay the the highest salary uh but at the time 2019 2020 when dr vedas was buzzing right mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. felt like everyone was in it together yeah and that feeling of ownership right mm-hmm. that feeling of empowerment that is the strongest asset for a firm yeah and it's something that that you can do in early stage businesses in startups in new brands in new companies because your actions yeah. actually eventually turn into things yeah it's not like you're doing something that eventually your boss's boss's boss will take a decision mm. your actions turn into things right like i i i would imagine that one day i would get 50 orders a day and then we got 50 orders a day and yeah. i would imagine that one day we'll get 500 orders and we got that and then i imagine one day my i should get every single order on my email yeah. Um, and then I imagine that one day my email would be so full I wouldn't even read my email because we yeah. had so many orders. Yeah. Right? The good problem. Yeah. <laughs> everyone in our team felt that as well. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I think a few things that that um, I've seen the most successful founders do, and something we did in our journey as well. So let's say counter this eventual term called great resignation. But I didn't hear this term while I was building, but I was yeah. building until twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Twenty uh, one. Look, I think the first thing that that we never ever said at Doctor Vedas was employee. Never mm-hmm. used that word. Didn't believe in that word. Or okay. it was team members, right? Yeah. Everyone, including me, was a team member. So that was the first one. The second thing was, look, the the philosophies of the company were very clear. So we were not that place where it's the sexy office, yeah. uh, Instagrammable corners, <laughs> you're taking selfies with your team. That was not us, right? Yeah. And, By the way, it's okay to be like that, but that was not Absolutely. us. Absolutely, it was very clear. Yeah, it was very clear to anyone who came um, for an interview or came to be a part of the audience. This is us, right? Yeah. So, what are our seven philosophies? Hard work is our strength. Humbleness our equity. Um, happy to work, happier to achieve. Yeah, hundred percent and nothingness. Team yeah. effort is our power, and customers are reason for being. We lived by that. It was outside my room. It was on everyone's desk in every offer letter we sent, and so. Everyone can't be a part of this high performance, high achievement, hard work driven yeah. Yeah. culture environment. No frills, frugal company, but the ones that can will excel, right? So, yeah. be clear of what you are, and yeah. then bring on the people who, who, who believe that. in that. Yeah. And, and 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 then the third thing was, uh, I think, for us, we backed people mm. regardless of their skill set. Who we believe would fit into this org, right? Yeah. So, three things, right? As I said, not employees, team members. Um, build your philosophies and and culture, yeah. and and then eventually choose people who embody that, and and they yeah. they actually will succeed. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so I think with this with this term you talk about called great resignation. <laughs> um, I think one thing I would say about teams and culture and HR is that like. It's so specific to your organization Absolutely. that you can actually, you can actually do exactly the opposite of what the trend is, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so if consumer demand is down, if inflation is high, uh, if there is an increase in customer acquisition cost on Facebook, yeah. these are things out of your control, which will, yeah. which will affect your business in some way. But, but culture is something you can control regardless of economic cycle, right? Yeah. And, and so. that that's what i i would say i think about it 
I love what you said about knowing who you are. And I've said that in my podcast in the past. And I've also said that I have a blog page as well that I write. And I feel like it's so important for a company to know who they are. And if you are a traditional company, then just stick to that. You don't have to always follow the likes of a Google or a Facebook or an Uber or, you know, any of these big brands who are doing really well when it comes to customer, uh, your, uh, sorry, your employee benefits or anything like that. You need to stick to who you are. If you're a traditional company, like you said, where, you know, you don't have all these fancy offices and cool Instagram corners and, you know, you don't have a lot of young people, but you can still foster a culture that respects people, right? At the end of the day, you want, everybody wants a few things that are common to them. It's like, you know, respect, like you said, mutual respect, trust, backing them up. And these things can be a really good foundation to foster a kind of healthy culture. And I love what you said about, uh, you know, a culture has to come from top down. You need to believe in it yourself as founder. This is something that you want for your team. If you don't want it, don't have to pretend to have to want it because it's never going to work out for you. And also knowing who you are as a company in terms of your visions. And I've, I've noticed how that's missing a lot. Like I go to a lot of offices and I'll see like the big advertising agencies. You'll see their culture through like their walls and the color of their walls and, you know, and all the frames that are around. Like if it's a cool place, they'll have like all these quotes from athletes all over and like to just have that environment to foster, you know, who they are. So it's screaming out to you in every single thing they do about you know who they are they're creative they're innovative they're like out there they're you know yeah goofy they're like all of that it just comes out in um such small things and i think it's really really important so again though and you know it's great i i love what you said like yeah you can do exactly the opposite of what's there and and it would still work it depends on what you want some of the reasons though i want to go through this really quickly some of the reasons that people actually talked about the reason why they were leaving their job was um, number one was the pay was too low. I think a lot of people after the pandemic realized that the amount of hours that they were putting in were not equal to the amount they were getting paid clearly. So that was one of the, that's one of the reasons why people are constantly leaving their jobs. No opportunities for advancement, right? I mean, I, I've heard this so much right now where I think a lot of employers, when they find somebody who's really good at their job, they sort of keep them in that job for, you know, five years, seven years, 10 years. And the person is sort of just doing the same thing. And because sometimes they may not know of anything better, they just get stuck until one day they wake up and they're like, this is not for me. I want to try something else. And they walk out, right? The third part was a lot of people felt disrespected at work. Something you talked about right now, like, you know, backing up your team, you know, respecting them for who they are. Um, the fourth reason was because of childcare issues, which I think is a huge, huge issue in this country, especially when it comes to the workforce. And I am a big believer that every single historic event, like World War One, World War Two, everything that's actually happened and the, the pandemic is no different changes the workforce a little bit after world war one we had a lot of women in the workforce which didn't happen before that right they were they were moved into because a lot of men had gone to war so now i feel like the pandemic has encouraged a lot of women who are working from who have kids and now can work from home and don't have to leave their infant or don't have to have that break of two three years until your child goes to office and can start working from home. So employers really need to use that as an advantage to themselves. So that's one of the reasons why people were leaving because they don't have people to take care of them at home. Uh, not enough of flexibility to choose 
and I think that's obviously a pandemic situation where people have realized now that they can have flexible working hours. Um, overall benefits were no good. A lot of people are leaving because they don't have medical benefits. Now with the whole COVID situation, people have realized how expensive sometimes it can be having time off, you know, going to the hospital, having medication and none of this being covered if something really bad happens to you. So my next question very quickly, then these are just some of the reasons that I wanted to highlight, Arjun, since we were just talking about, you know, uh, creating a wholesome environment how much um how much do you think a workplace culture a good workplace culture can counter affect all of these reasons why people leave do you think that that can really impact somebody's decision when they're thinking about all of these other things yeah, look I, I think a lot, three of the five reasons can be solved by empathy right whether it's advancement or um childcare um or feeling like you're in a rut and doing the same thing over and over again. Um, as a founder, you're sometimes thinking only for your org. Yeah. But you got to take that hat off and then put the hat off. It's very simple. I used to tell my, my marketing team as well. Hey, if um, I'm not sharing this Instagram post on my personal Instagram page, it's not worth sharing. Right. And it's not yeah. worth putting. So, if you think about it from a, from a team perspective as well, um, you as a founder or a founding team or a manager, um, have aspirations with your career and your life. Yeah. And so every time you're in a conversation with someone about their career and their life, one, listen, right? Like everyone's not the same, mm. but do also think about like five years down the line, that person wants to be two X or three X in terms of responsibility, maybe not in terms of pay. You may not be yeah. able to do that in terms yeah. of pay. But in terms of responsibilities, like we were able to not pay like Unilever paid. Yeah. We were able to that talent that, that, that would have been able to get in there as well because these people felt like, hey, I'm part of a movement. Yeah. I've taken Ayurveda to 16,500 pin codes in this country. That's amazing. Two million people who never knew about this brand four years later consume these products. Yeah. Um, and it's okay because this is, this, is, this is big, right? And I think the other thing which startups are solving for now is ESOPs. Um, yeah. So incentives are aligned, right? Um, if, if your team holds equity in the same org as you do, then everyone's fighting for the same cause. Absolutely. Um, and when you say you want people to treat the, the company as their own, give them a reason to treat them as their own, right? It's like, it's a no brainer if you can. Yeah. You know, the other thing which I, which I see, um, and, and I was on a panel at Tycon a few days ago and a founder said something really interesting. He said, all founders come to me and they say, can't find good people. Yeah. Right. So I, I go back to them and I say, Hey, look, there are only so many good people in mm. the country or, or what you determine as good. Yeah. There are also average and mm. not so good people that have the potential of being good. Yeah. So instead of looking out, improve the, improve the, the team you have and get them to their potential. Yeah. And love that, that yeah. will develop people who will be loyal to your organization for a really, really long time. Absolutely. Right? And yeah. feel like, like they've, they've scaled, right? So we had so many people who started as, as admin folks, as yeah. warehouse packers, and now are leading teams. 
ंग um you know there are there are a lot of people like you said who are complaining about not being able to retain the right people or uh, attract the right kind of talent so what do you think maybe three things that you think that it's a complete no no that companies are doing wrong at this stage okay i would say that uh, uh maybe not what companies are doing wrong but what where you can go wrong right yeah. and okay. i've gone wrong at some yeah. point in my journey yeah. as well with these things right one uh plugging holes and filling gaps <laughs> yeah that's the worst thing you can do like that that's the biggest mistake i made and i'm like hey, this position is vacant for 2 months just find me anyone let's plug the gap right yeah. and you end up someone who's not right for you you're not right for them and then eventually yeah. 3 months later that that gap still exists because it didn't work for you didn't work for them so i think plugging holes was a big mistake i made um and uh the second one i would say is uh sometimes like just not setting expectations very clearly on day one yeah right so say like okay this is the role this is what we will be able to compensate mm. this is how you will grow in the organization because at times you like walk into a year end appraisal and um what the manager believes is totally opposite from what the team yeah. member believes because yeah. there's not been enough feedback loop right yeah. um and the expectation of what the person wants is very different from what the company can give and that's where things break down correct um, so, so that's you want to set expectations really clearly yeah and three if you see someone um who's struggling right mm. just reach out have yeah. a chat just be open to having a conversation and say hey what's happening like yeah. where are you going wrong because i i would say like my first job like i obviously i was 21 and a half years old when i started yeah at, I was new to the finance world. Yeah. Um, so I, I think sometimes when when my manager saw me struggling and they reached out, I felt really good about it. Yeah. Um, it felt like you can. That's that's something you can do something about. You don't feel like a total failure. You feel like yeah, it's fixable. Yeah. That feeling of like okay, I can just go to this person and ask a question. Um, I think that that that's also really important. So we had an open door policy at Doctor Vijay's. Like yeah. anyone could come in to my room and and talk to me anytime. And my wife. she didn't even sit in a room i used to do a lot of calls so i needed some some yeah, quiet so sit in a room right so yeah. that really helped the team and when we were leaving when we sold the company they said we'll miss just walking in and just talking to you like any time we wanted right yeah absolutely i mean i don't have a cabin and that's it's a rule i don't think i'll ever sit in a cabin i do have this upstairs space where i'm always sitting with the whole team because that's where i can help them that's where i hear conversations i can just turn it on and say hey maybe you should try this so i'm um, you know just to um again 
add on to what you were saying in terms of where people can go wrong. I feel like a lot of people when this when you're on a startup stage, you just feel like oh, performance marketing, a performance management, we don't need that. Succession planning, we don't need that because they look at themselves as small or they think of like employee engagement. Or we'll do that when we're more than ten people. But what I think is that is the best time to actually come up with these policies and processes and systems and you know these foundation things of these foundations in terms of what you want your company to look like when it's bigger because it's easier to implement and go wrong with a team of five people and learn from those mistakes from than from a team of 500 people and not getting it right right and i just feel like a lot of startups miss out on that that chance that window of where you can actually have that already set up before and then that also helps you attract not only the right or good people but a lot more people you have a lot more choice to choose from then when people look at you and you know i always keep talking about employer branding and about how important it is doesn't matter if you're a three people team you know go for drinks with your team on the on like a friday night or do like an employee engagement do like a quiz night or do something fun with them go like pottery classes or you can do something that's cost effective it doesn't always have to be an offsite to like Bangkok, you know what I mean. It can be something really, really simple. Another thing about this actually is uh, always do something that's scalable. Yeah. Right? So if you say, hey, we are going to we're six people, so or, or ten people, let's play football every Friday. Yeah. Uh, when you're hundred people, you can't play football you can't every play Friday. Football right? every Friday. Yeah. So then don't yeah. set the expectation that we are going for football every Friday yeah. or we are going for drinks every Friday. Um, do something scalable. Okay. So I'm going because to when you set up something. When you yeah. set up something and stop it, that that's also not yeah. nice. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people are always like, "Oh, where's the time?" You need to make time for your, you know, the people that you work with, because then that's the only time they're going to make time for you and your business. Is what I always say. So the last question, because we've covered so many questions that I actually had on this list. Um, the last question I had is, you know, this whole I always keep hearing founders, employers, business owners complaining about this whole millennial workforce and how far. They take culture, how far they take, you know, in terms of what benefits they want. I've heard people saying, "You'd rather not, you know, come to work at all if you want all of this." Like, when are you actually going to work? So then, tell me, um, Arjun, where do you think companies need to draw the line? And this is more, I think, for applicants or candidates or you know, employees as well, for them to understand that there is that other side of the, you know, organization, like the other side of. Uh, on the table as well, which is your employer side, your organization, a company that really needs to make money as well. So, where do you think that line needs to be drawn in terms of this whole workplace balance and you know workplace culture and all of these terms that have been going around right now? Yeah, look, I, I would say that uh, you can't run away from it. It's reality, right? Um, while I am a very old school person and I, I would want to stay in the same place, uh, at least philosoph- philosophically. For mm. five years and stuff like that. The reality is, it's not happening so much today. Mm. Right? And so, um, what do you do? You can't just say, "Hey, it's not for me." So, I, I won't be able to hire anyone coming out of college. Now, that's yeah. that's your that that's your team, and that's the young people that that you'll have to work with. So, yeah. um, have a conversation, understand it, and then, in every, as I said, even with even with sort of beating market trends. Um, there's a lot of people in our country and a lot of talented people in our country. Um, find the right person for you. And so I think where, where do founders go wrong? Um, and, and I went wrong as well is like hiring a team 
and and finding these people uh there is no hack to it right yeah so no, there is no one place that you can go and, and and find your team i mean i found my some of my team members through instagram dms yeah. i found some of my team members through events that i spoke to they came and spoke to me after i found some of my team members through recruiters i found some of my team members through directly reaching out to me on linkedin just be available everywhere and and, and look hard enough right yeah. um that's my view but the reality is that look uh, world is different from uh, the 90s and 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 the 2000s yeah. the early 2000s and and even 2010 the 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 people graduating from college today have different aspirations different ways of working and and and, and that's normal and so in that environment accept the environment first and in that environment find the people who are right for you yeah i just want to add on that i think the interview process is such an important part to understand whether expectations like you said do match so i think you know a lot of founders are away from um the whole interview process which makes it harder for them to sort of see and that i understand where that comes in but i always feel like if you can have that last 10 minute or 15 minute conversation even if the person comes to the last round and just understand if this person you know what their expectations are from work are meeting what you can offer them then half of your work and half of your issues that may spring up later on are resolved already because if this person is looking for you know all these flexibility and all these benefits and everything and if your company can offer it to them where you are right now then it's better to pass on that candidate even though they may be the best person for that job because you know eventually they're just not going to be happy it's just not a good fit you know round round hole square peg that's their favorite thing and it just doesn't fit eventually no matter how much you give them in terms of money and everything you know there are other things that don't fit into what their expectations are and it's not going to work and i feel like that's why the interview process is also super important and your hr needs to know very very well about you know exactly uh, what you can offer these people so anyway arjun that those were all the questions i had but is there anything that you want to add to this so that we can close in on this i'd like to keep it It's been an amazing conversation, and I'm glad that you're talking about these things because not so many people talk about it. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love how you said that. It's so, it's so like it's not tangible. Like you know, all the other solutions that you have, I don't think there is one set solution on how to build the best culture. But I love what you said is that customize it according to who you are. Know who you are. Be honest with yourself about you know the kind of organization you are. Are you old school? Are you like? you know employee focused that you like customer driven and these are terms that really really matter that define who you are so with that i'm going to close on this and hopefully we've helped a few people you know understand what culture actually means and how important it is and you know the great resignation it's here people are going to leave if they're not really happy with their jobs and there's not much you can do about it but i think you can start by sort of doing an internal audit and seeing what's missing maybe start talking to the people internally you know people who've been there with you for the longest time see what they love about their job see what they don't like look at the things that maybe they wished for and see if those you know small things can be implemented on like a day to day basis I think that is a really good start for businesses anyway right now. Super bliss thank you so much for having me. Thank you Arjun and thank you everyone for listening and if you have any questions about anything you can always send us an email and retire forward anything to Arjun if he's available to answer them. Uh everyone on this podcast has um, been really nice um you know in terms of their time and availability so thank you again. Guys we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.